Hi everyone and welcome to episode six of the Therapeutic Rainbow podcast and I'm really happy to welcome Jackie today and she's a fellow play therapist but also does lots of other things so welcome Jackie to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. So do you want to tell us a bit about who you are, what you do, your background and anything else you think the listeners need to hear? Yeah thank you so my name is Jackie Shankly I run a company called Moonbeams Therapeutic Services and we're a charity based in Tamworth in Staffordshire. Um, and I've set it up about, about four or five years ago, I decided to train as a play therapist. Prior to that, I worked um, in early years. So I'm an early years teacher. Okay. Um, and also used to do a lot of community music sessions for oh, brilliant. Uh, charity, which was absolutely lovely. So, so combining music and early years, and um, what I used to love about that, uh, and the reason I decided to train as a play therapist was, we used to have some lovely sessions with families, and, but what really used to fascinate me was the, um, the way that music could build connections between the parents and the children. Okay. So fascinated by that process, you know, what, what's going on there in this sort of communicative space between parent and child and the music. Um, so I decided to then retrain um, as a play therapist when my kids got a bit older and I had a bit of time. I thought, well, I'm going to properly study this. Absolutely. Um, and just found everything about play therapy so transformative personally, but also for the families and the children I work with, that it's kind of, it's one of those kind of no going back moments. Once you know what you know, you can't, yeah. <laughs> you can't, you can't go back. Can you say? No, absolutely. I describe it a bit like, until you're in it, you don't realise it. It's magic. That's the only way I can describe what we do. Absolutely. And so it feels like um, like a lovely progression, really, from, from early years, you know, through the community music, now to, now to play therapy. Um, and I also offer, um, as well as one-to-one play therapy with the children, I also offer a lot of um, family support as well. Um, because for me, it just makes sense to to work with everybody you know it's a sort of it just you get that lovely kind of unity when you're working with the whole family um so it's really important to me that that families get supported too it's not they don't just come along drop their kids off for a session and go away again I work absolutely <laughs> so have you found that that's become more in lockdown have you found that you needed to support families more yes I mean I think lockdown you know it's just created so many challenges for families you know I mean it's almost like if you imagine um you know the way a um, not a volcano an earthquake kind of just gets those tectonic plates to shift a little bit it's kind of that isn't it we might have been keeping going keeping going keeping going but then the pandemic has just made everything go what you know if there was yeah. any any slight issues there they've just been blown apart haven't they you know absolutely we, we were stressed before <laughs> we're yeah. really stressed now because our usual ways of coping and our support mechanisms and the people that we see and, you know, the routines around going to work or coming back from work or going to school have just been, you know, just thrown apart, haven't they? So I think because it's it's kind of exposed a lot of things for people, I think that's why a lot of families are struggling to, not, not struggling, that's not the right word, but having to find things within themselves to cope in different ways absolutely on our, our usual coping mechanisms so yeah I think the um 
And I'm not sure the parents have been given quite enough credit for the adaptations that they've had to put in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Suddenly you're having to do many different roles. And yeah, be a teacher and be, you know, um, for some of us, be an infection controller. You know, it's yeah. like, what? I don't know anything about infection control. <laughs> and I'm having to learn all these new things and new terminology and, and you know, and, and also for, for children. I don't think children have been given much credit for the, for, the, for the amount of the impact that they've had to absorb in terms of their usual routines having gone out the window. Um, they can't see their friends. They can't... Um, you do their usual clubs, anything that they would have had as yeah. their usual routines have, have gone as well. So, you know, we've got this kind of pot, haven't we, of parents who don't have their usual routines and coping mechanisms, kids who don't usually have, haven't got their routines and coping mechanisms, and then everybody's trying to be together in one space. Yeah. And how have you found, like, what are your top tips, I guess, for parents, either pre-pandemic or now really what have you found that parents really need I think the biggest thing that I try to communicate with all the parents that I work with is to go easy on yourself yeah absolutely I think there's such a pressure on us isn't there to be to get everything right but there is genuinely no such thing as a perfect parent and, you know, I, I always signpost people to, to Winnicott and things. It's actually, it's proven in research. Yeah. You need to be good enough. And actually, good enough is better than trying to strive for perfection. Because if, we, yeah. if we're always striving for perfection, A, we'll always not get there because there's no such thing. But B, we're teaching our kids that, you know, unless things are perfect, it's not valuable. But actually, imperfection is fine it's better than yeah. fine brilliant so just to to you know to allow parents that freedom to say okay you know maybe the day didn't quite turn out how we imagined it did but these nice things happened and actually that's good enough that's fine um so to just go easy on yourself in terms of your expectations but also if things have ended up getting super heated is to kind of forgive yourself and then yeah. everyone say sorry and everyone acknowledged to each other that yeah okay it's been a really tough day and yeah I shouted more than I wanted to I'm really sorry let's start again tomorrow and actually that repair again yeah, absolutely that restorative justice almost isn't it is that actually each day is a new day I'm a big believer that you finish a day and you don't carry over whatever might have happened exactly. yesterday to tomorrow and starting but afresh starts with applying that level of forgiveness and understanding to ourselves to say yeah I had a rough day that that was a bad one yeah rather than saying I'm a rubbish parent because it wasn't a perfect day it's like oh yeah okay <laughs> wasn't the best let's try again but we need to apply that forgiveness and understanding to ourselves. we have a little you know talk about our little inner voice what's our inner voice saying to ourselves? and if it's being really harsh Tell it to do one. Yeah, absolutely. Do you run an emotional coaching course? So what's that all about? I do. So emotion coaching, it's based on the, um, the work of the Gottman Institute. Um, and it's fascinating stuff, actually. They, um, they researched what makes positive relationships uh, work. Sort of what, okay. are the, what are the key features of positive relationships? And then they applied that. So they found some universal features. 
um, that are inherent in people's communication strategies. And then they applied that research to the parent-child relationship and said, well, you know, are these the key features of positive parent-child relationships yeah. as well, marital relationships? And yes, they are. Um, so essentially, the emotion coaching course is, is letting parents and families know what these key features are. Okay. And it's kind of, we go through a five-step process. That sounds a little bit like Alcoholics Anonymous, but it's not. <laughs> But there's, there's five key steps to it. And when yeah. you learn them, it can transform the way you and your child communicate with each other. So it doesn't necessarily make everything perfect because as we've just established, there's no such thing as a perfect relationship, but it kind of establishes a degree of trust and openness in the communication that mean whenever there is a problem, you can sort it out. Perfect, with yeah. And respect. Um, and the, the lovely thing is that the five key steps, they, they are really simple. Yeah. But one of the things we look at in the course, which is why I like to support parents through the course rather than just set them on the way with a book, is that sometimes things can get in the way of putting the things into process. So we do a little bit of examining, you know, what those what those barriers might be. Yeah. And usually it's about the way we were parented or the way people have spoken to us. Absolutely. So we, Quite a bit of unpicking um, to be able to move forward but it's again it is transformational little things you know as an example um, as adults if our children are being really emotional or difficult we tend to go to logic yeah so we try and help them sort the logic of the problem out you know what are we going to do about something but actually the first step go back 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 the first step is to let your child know what emotion they're feeling yeah I, absolutely shouting at me I can see you're really frustrated or you've just been really rude I can see something's bothered you so you know rather than looking at problem solving we look at emotions and how to identify what those emotions are and also how kids they they trick us don't they so they can for example very young children um they might be really rude but actually they're frightened <laughs> Absolutely. And I did a just um, last week, put some umbrellas up about that. It's almost you show one feeling, but actually what you're hiding underneath is a whole lot of other feelings. And Exactly. So we, we, we unpick all of that for families, you know, how to, to spot miscues, um, to be able to identify the emotion. And also in the spirit of nobody's perfect, quite often we can get it wrong. But yeah. if we try, our kids will say, no, I'm not frustrated. I'm you know what whatever the emotion is yeah. but actually by opening that dialogue we're beginning to give our kids an understanding of how they're feeling um themselves so it's yeah it's, it's powerful so simple but powerful but involves like a lot of things simple but not necessarily easy so yeah like, absolutely and is it on a one-to-one -one basis or will you get to because often i find just talking to other parents can really open up that dialogue and you think oh well they felt like that too so it's normal to feel like that so is it a group process or it's a group process and that is is where the often where the power is in the course and where the parents get the most transformation I mean I'm you know I know my stuff I really do but actually the 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 true learning I think happens when the parents chat to each other and they realize yeah. that they're not the only one who's experiencing this or they can give each other little tips and, and hints, you know. 
And, and there, the other lovely thing about the group process is because they're actually going through it at the moment, they're sharing experiences in real time. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas I'm, you know, kind of my kids are quite a bit older now. I, I remember very well going through those early years, but they are long in the past, <laughs> very long way in the past now. So it's nice for people to actually be sharing their experiences from now, as yeah. opposed to me sharing my experiences from 15 years ago. Yeah, because I even remember that even when I, my girls were really young and that first NCT process and that being able to text someone in the middle of the night knowing they were up at the same time and, oh, I don't know what to do right now. And just, I think it's powerful going Absolutely. through that group process. And Definitely. And the level of support that the families are able to give each other, because as we're learning these skills to use with our children, we're also using them in our relationships with other people. So actually the parents begin to emotion coach each other. Yeah. So kind of like a double whammy in a way that, you know, they also learn to emotion coach their partners to be able to get more cooperation maybe from yeah, their absolutely. And, and I always say to people, you know, try these techniques out on, um, you know, in oldies, you know, when, yeah. you know, the oldie checkouts and they throw in their stuff down there. Yeah. About you, but I get a little bit, um, fr- not frustrated, kind of frazzled when people are yeah. throwing down at me and I can't pack it quick enough. So I usually do a little bit of emotion coaching on the, and they slow down. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try that now. Yeah. Do Next it. time I'm in Audi, yeah. Oh, there's a, there's a big queue. You look, you know, you've got a lot on today, haven't you? Yeah. Let's just slow down and start talking to you. <laughs> you Brilliant. Know. And I think especially in the current climate we're at, to have that support from other parents, to know you're not alone. So the fact you're doing them all online and stuff means that across, hopefully, across the country where people will be listening, they can kind of tune in and get involved. Absolutely. How often do you run them? Um, I run, so I run... Two, two courses, but I kind of slot them one after the other because they're okay. really nice. So I run the emotion coaching once a quarter, so about once every three months. It's a six-week course. Okay. And there's ongoing support after that, so there's drop-ins and things. So, so people aren't, they don't kind of do the course and then they're abandoned. Yeah, absolutely. Coaching goes, runs about once a quarter, and then I also run something called Playful Parents where we look at um, play skills. Okay. So how to utilize the magic of play to help your kids with um, anything expressing themselves if they've got any sort of anxieties or worries or um, even to just build relationships and connections with younger children. Um, and is that because you think parents have forgotten how to play or? I don't think parents have forgotten how to play. I think what happens is as adults, we just get out of the habit. Yeah we sort of get what it's like to be a child but I think also we've fed so much stuff as parents about what we need to do for our children like we need to educate them we need to feed them we need to make sure they're reaching their developmental milestones we need to so we've got all of this that we carry in all of our interactions with our kids and so when we play with them we're often bringing that in yeah so, you know, if we're playing with something in the water, we might be saying, oh, does it float or does it sink? You know, we yeah. might have little provocations to help them, to help their learning. Yeah. And again, there's, nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all because we do need to help our kids learn. But the course is about finding space in the week to have a play session that is just about being child-led. 
and okay. different that is from when we adults lead it and um it's it's miraculous what kids will show us when their play is truly child-led and when we are able to take our adult hats off you can't see me because I'm on a podcast but I'm miming taking a hat off yeah absolutely and I think it's so hard even with all my skills sometimes I have to say to myself right I'm just playing here I'm not therapist I'm not teacher I'm not I'm just playing and you're right it is magic and I have some of the funnest times when I'm running around the garden or in a den playing role playing yeah absolutely I mean and also it's just children when they play when it's truly child-led they really show us who they are and they show us in a thought they show us how competent they are as well and I think again sometimes as adults because again we're used to sort of seeing our child's development we see the bigger picture and wanting them to move through it we sometimes forget how competent they are actually at solving problems and working things through themselves we sort of think we have to do it for them and in play and if we allow them to they often show us just how amazing actually absolutely and I think especially with everything that's going on at the moment and all the different hats we as parents are wearing I think this is absolutely crucial more than ever and actually saying no I've stopped homeschooling let's just play let's just play yeah I'm not homeschooling I have no agenda talk about the parental agenda there's no agenda here other than this is your time this is your space here are some toys show me the way yeah and seeing what happens yeah nice and relaxing for us as well isn't it when when we do allow the child to take the lead actually takes pressure off us as well absolutely although sometimes I do find that I'm still playing and they've wandered off and I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying my colouring a bit too much yeah just in the barbies do I really yeah. have to come over tea oh. <laughs> uh, but I think that brings us back to that need for self-care yeah. as adults and actually it's okay to sit there in an evening and colour a picture if that's something you enjoy and putting the playfulness back yeah. into your adult life yes it's really important as you say to do it with the children and that child-led play but also remembering as adults whether we have children or not that we can play too absolutely yes it, and it's it's so important and and to allow allow it to evolve so to not give yourself the thing of this you know this is my half an hour time to to play and do self-care it's kind of I'm just going to see how this evolves I'm going to give myself a space and just see what happens you know take again take the pressure off yourself because it, self-care can become a pressure in itself can't it yeah. it's like, I haven't made time for yoga today oh no you know kind of yeah <laughs> so actually again just giving yourself space to see what comes up for you is, is important so yeah and the lovely thing about play with your kids as well is they see you in a different light yeah then they don't just see you as mum or dad with the person making the tea or the person driving them to football practice or the person you know they see you as an equal a peer a play partner yeah um and that's a lovely thing for them to experience you know definitely yeah absolutely so that kind of brings us to the question at the end of the podcast is for you then jackie if you had a rainbow with a pot of gold what would be at the end well um 
I'd like to just say gold. <laughs> that would sound terribly shallow, wouldn't it? No, no, not at all, I think. Absolutely. With that gold, what I would um, do is I would... What I'm really missing, what I'm really missing at the moment is, um, and I find myself daydreaming about it, is going to mass concerts in the yeah. sunshine, yeah. Uh, crammed in with people all watching and doing the same thing. And I really miss that. So with my pot of gold, I would um, purchase a venue where I could put on a massive gig where everybody could cram in and it would be perfectly COVID safe. Yeah. Um, We'll enjoy some really good music and um, if the sun would shine, it would just be lovely. So that's what that's what I would purchase. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be that sense of community, really, wouldn't it? And that sense of belonging somewhere in that ethos. Yeah. And, and going, yeah, and going back to that holistic way of being, it's not about you as an individual, it's about you as a whole. So yeah. thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And just to let people know that next, week we will be speaking to Claire and Claire looks at a type of therapy called EMDR and all kind of that process and again looking at self-care and what we can do so I look forward to tuning in to you speak to you all next week and take care for now bye everyone